Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, welcome back to Out of Line. Hi, Candace. Hi, Annie. We are joined again by Carol Cole, um, a mother, an unschooler, a former teacher. Um, Carol, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Um, on our last chat, in our last chat, you mentioned, um, you talked a little bit about the transition you had from um, being a school teacher and having your kids in conventional school into hum- homeschooling into unschooling. And one of the things you brought up was noticing your daughter um, kind of every year getting a little bit quieter, a little bit less curious, a little bit less adventurous with her curiosity, maybe. Yes. Um, so we want to talk a little bit more about that because I think Candace and I probably both saw that also as teachers. I started to see it with my own child in conventional school. Um And you also made a very quick reference on the last episode to like how you have so much social interaction with other homeschoolers (laughs) and unschoolers, right? Like, and that's always, that's typically one of the first gasps you get when you tell people you're homeschooling as they say, like, how will your kids be socialized? Will they ever be socialized? Yes. And really like, I think what they mean is that like the quiet, like how will they learn to behave quietly and respectfully, you know, quote unquote, respectfully in public spaces, um, not really worrying about their social life. (laughs) Like They are worried more about the social norms of life. Right. Right. And I think, um, a lot of people will be taken aback I I do get that question a lot like oh well what do you do like for socialization you know how do they feel about not being socialized and I'll tell them I said well actually um, my oldest daughter's her chief complaint about being in public school was that she couldn't socialize with her friends like it was almost like you know the the carrot dangling like your friends are right there there they are but you can you know you're not you can't talk to them, you know, and then one, even lunch, they expect to be pretty quiet anymore. You know, you better be oh, quiet. Or, yes. Silent yeah. lunches. It's totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think they, they felt made themselves feel better because it wasn't absolutely silent, but you know, the, the, the it couldn't go above a certain decibel or whatever, or don't laugh yeah, <laughs> no or pause. Get snack or whatever. And then they would get held up from recess if they were loud, like, that makes zero zero sense like oh they were really rowdy so you made sure they couldn't go out and run around until they were quiet it doesn't make any sense but like she would complain that you know she's like yeah my friends are there but I can't talk to them you know and then in that sense like you the kids are all competing like everybody wants to talk to everybody else but if that person wanted to say something to somebody else about something else then you're waiting for you know there just wasn't enough time and that really you know, that really got to her. Like that was her complaint. So like, what are you going to do for socialization? I'm like, well, actually (laughs) she spends as much time talking to those friends now that she did when she saw them every single day, same amount of time. Yeah. I was talking to a fifth grader I know recently, and um, they were saying, 
they're in the, they're in their final year at their school and they're finally in the class with their friend. And I was like, Oh, that's so exciting. Why do you think you were never in the same class? And they're like, because we're friends. And I'm like, that's so funny that we do that. Like we strategically separate kids from their friends or, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously there's some dynamics you have to look at when groups, but like, yeah. And I thought, you know, and I'd never really given that much thought to um, schools, like, and teachers actively doing that, like separating kids. And it was my daughter who brought that up. She's like, you know, they tell you they want everybody in the class to be friends. She goes, but then you make friends and they put them in a different class the next year. And I was like, oh yeah, that does seem kind of stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know why we're doing that to you. You know, she's like, I was like, well, I guess, you know, and at the time, I'm like, well, I guess they want you to make more friends. And she's like, why? So they can put them in a different class <laughs> next year. And I was like, I said, well, just wait until you get to like middle school, high school. And every class has different people. She was like, oh my goodness which we don't have to deal with now anyway, but um, that was, that was a transition though for, you know, my kids because they weren't, they didn't have a lot of experience in just truly making friends. You yeah. know, it, you know, I, I don't routinely lock my kids in rooms with kids. They're all their own age anymore and say, well, pick one and be friends, mm. you know? So that was kind of a, when there wasn't that like regimented, this is what we do. This is what we do now. This is what we do now. Okay. Now you can talk to one another. But about this, you know, when, when the doors opened up a little bit, I was kind of surprised because especially the older one, she is very social. Like it was kind of a stumbling block for her because it was almost as if she had forgotten how to just start a conversation Mm -hmm. that wasn't prompted, so to speak, or, you know, allowed, like it was all up to her. And in the beginning, I don't think she knew what to do with that. Some say we all did right after the pandemic, <laughs> Forgot how yes. to socialize. but no, I, it's totally true for school kids. Like when do they actually have time to socialize and learn how to introduce themselves to some new or have a, a authentic conversation that isn't prompted or guided by a grown up in their life. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was one of the most surprising or I guess I would say interesting things when we especially last year at the center how cool it is just to watch kids talk to each other (laughs) and how the unschooled kids are really like that's a really strong they're just really good at having conversations and they'll have conversations with kids who are like you know five years younger than them and they'll walk up and have conversations with the adults and it doesn't matter if it's you know just it doesn't matter who it is or the age but it's it's just really cool and just like seeing going along with the previous episode on rest like how conversations they can just sit down and on the couch and kind of talk to each other for a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just cool to see coming from like an education background where you know, like you were saying, Carol, like, you can talk about something, but only about this. (laughs) Like, you can only talk about what you're learning, right? I say you can. (laughs) (laughs) When you think about it, and, you know, in my short time in the classroom, I had done those things. Like, well, are we talking about the topic? (laughs) You know, heaven forbid, you know, and half the time it was the topic, like standing back now, I could see it was the topic that they found some kind of common interest. And then kind of went down that rabbit hole and they were actually having like a true conversation, not 
kind of trying to quiz each other on what they were supposed to know from the reading or whatever it was. But, you know, I think we've all done it, but when you look at it, it's like, ooh, that's not what it's supposed to be. And, and then no wonder, like, they get out and they're like, they're not sure. Now, my younger one had only gone through kindergarten. Um, it was a private kindergarten, but um, same, if not worse, kind of expectations that public school would have had. So she had a rough go of it, but it wasn't, it's not quite as ingrained into her as it, it wasn't my older one who had been there like through fourth grade. So, you know, it's, it's been more of a process for the older one to remember just to have a conversation. And I think a lot of it is learning that it's okay to have interests and talk to other people about them mm. like that your interests are valid because in school once you get off topic or you start talking you know the teacher only has so much time in that day and like okay well we can't talk about that right now like they're almost always dismissed so for her it was she had to almost relearn that you know she had the right to talk about something that was of interest to her Mm-hmm. Not just what someone else wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, that was uh, one of the first like great early childhood teachers that I got to see in action. I recognized her greatness when she was reading a story and, you know, like kids do, they have like their own story to share about like whatever's happening on that page. And she just let them tell their stories. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like there's no like penalty. If you don't get to the end of the book, there's no, like, you know, like it's okay to lose kids for a little while. Right. We say, you know, like got to keep on track or you'll lose them. Like you lose the group. And and why is that not okay to let them like do that? And anyways, it kind of blew my mind. And I was like, all right, I'm going to learn a lot from this person because like letting kids talk, like how powerful is that? <laughs> and I think, you know, coming from a pre K class too like I oh but I was told several times that my circle times were just too long <laughs> that I wasn't going to be able to keep their interest I had to keep it moving when my circle time is that long because we're just talking like they're telling their stories and you know and when you look at like the it's science that long because you're just counting out all the days right, of the week of over the and week over again and the months and the, not oh I the, my last year there I didn't even have a calendar hung up that raised some eyebrows people I was like I'm not even pretending anymore get out of my room you know but but you know when you look at like early literacy and like the way you know the brain is set up for do that and people talk about like well grammar and being able to write well the predecessor for that is being able to tell a story so that someone else can understand it. But we never let kids tell their stories. We're always like, well, we don't have time for that now. This is the story that matters that I'm holding that I purchased for this room. See, it has my name in it, but don't you write in a book, but I wrote my name in this book. Like there's just so many things that don't make sense when it comes right down to it. It's so true. (laughs) And oh my goodness. And sometimes, I mean, one of the saddest parts for as many outstanding teachers there are that I'll be like, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, I just, for me, the most disheartening thing was there'd be teachers that would be upset with me that I would give a child any kind of power to either tell their story or do things their way. Like, you know, I ended up leaving because I, I couldn't deal with that anymore. People coming in like, oh, well, and like, well, look what she's doing. You know, I had the, you know, the teacher across the hall 
overheard her saying, I would just need a week with her kids because we did this thing where we switched classrooms and my kids went to her classroom for their section of like, we were making something for Thanksgiving or whatever it was. And my kids were like enjoying themselves. How dare they? Yeah. Like they were having a good time and they were like laughing and talking to one another and talking to her. And she went over to the other teacher was like, I would just need a week with them. I would need one week and I would sort it out. I was like, happiness? You would sort out happiness? Like what is, what is Uh, wrong with this picture? But the thing is like, we've normalized it so much too, that like, as an individual human, I'm sure that that person doesn't feel that way about their own children or their favorite niece, maybe, maybe. But like, I do think that in general, there are really good educators who have just kind of like been brainwashed over time to just be like, here's what my expectation is. And you're going to keep your lips buttoned and do your project and step-by-step finish this craft. And like, just forget that kids are humans. I think so many adults in our world have forgotten that kids are humans and they can just be people sometimes too. And we can respect them for that. But yeah, I don't know that it's, it's so hard to watch that unfold when you're like, what is the end goal here? Like we automatically have power over them. We are the grownups. We have the keys to the car. We have you know, as much as we want to complain about the bills we have to pay, they're bills that we have to pay that mean that we have a home, that we have food, that, and our children are completely reliant on us for all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, we automatically have the power. Why do we have to lord it over them? Why do we have to like prove that we have the power by, yeah, like not letting them talk while making a turkey craft or whatever it is. <laughs> yep. Have Come on, we already painting. have the power. Like I enjoyed that painting. How dare they? I mean, and I think and I can't remember, and I know it's a it's a well-known quote, and I was floating around Instagram I saw recently about who was it? Well, I can't remember, you guys might know. About basically like the hardest part, you know, is giving them the responsibility basically of themselves. You know what I mean? Like trusting them, like Mm -hmm. trusting them to do what they need to do. But someone told us from that young age that we couldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where it like boils over to. Uh, I think particularly in early childhood. And I know at least in the case where I was working, they very much wanted to be elementary school teachers without being elementary school teachers. So they kind of just miniaturized because they thought that gave them worth as teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can make them do this, then see, see how good I am, see how valuable I am, mm-hmm. you know, and then they walk in my room and everybody's everywhere. Someone's building a fort, you know, <laughs> somebody's making a banjo, like it's pandemonium to them, <laughs> but you know, and I'm just sitting there either, you know, like talking to a kid or just observing and they don't, you know, like, well, she's not doing anything you know look at her she's messy and she's lazy you know it's like but you know and I'd like to say I didn't take it personally at all but I did totally but yeah a part of me understands too that that's probably what they were told like that's messy and that's lazy and you need to be the one and you know but when you and when you follow it up but we keep just miniaturizing things and it's not going well like you know middle school or they said that high school, when I was in college, I was actually watching a speaker 
who was talking about how high school was modeled after what Harvard would look like. So they, they set it up to be that kind of model as if everyone was going to be in Harvard, <laughs> which is like, who thought that, like, how did that get any traction? Like, of course, all these kids are going to Harvard. So they basically made high school a mini Harvard. They made middle school a mini high school. They made elementary school a mini middle school. And now pre-K is a elementary. So when it comes right down to it, we're trying to put five-year-olds through a year at Harvard. And it like, some like you have to stop and say, it's insanity. But I don't know if it was done on purpose. I don't know if it just happened to be. But now we have all these teachers whose worth is wrapped up mm. in getting a five-year-old through Harvard successfully. <laughs> like not down the road even like really it's now like this is you know what it is and I think anybody who's doing something different is kind of a threat because a that's not how they were taught and b they don't know how to do it mm. so I never yeah. worked as a teacher um whose performance was tied to test scores um Candace was that something you ever did oh yeah <laughs> so how'd that go for you yeah. <laughs> i just keep thinking about when you're talking about how harvard about like the the big thing is like college ready we're getting college ready but then like literally like kindergartners we're getting the kindergartners college ready so also Annie, where you're going the scholars they're scholars yes. actually Can yeah little scholars, them scholars. <laughs> so yeah but then their test scores like they'll say okay so if they're scoring in you know this range on their tests and they're college ready because then they'll start to move up and up and up and that was literally in kindergarten like <laughs> <laughs> okay um but yeah, yeah, my worth was tied up in the test scores. And I think I did work at, I worked at one school, well, I have two things. So I worked at one school where they didn't, it was similar to your story, Carol, where they didn't like the way I was teaching, but my test scores were so good that <laughs> like my evaluation oh, yeah. was really high. And so I was just like, yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um and I forgot the other one, but yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is like the opposite of what most people's story is. It's, um, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that had to feel redeeming. Oh, it was so good. She, I remember she was like, well, I mean, I really only rated you at this, but then, you know, your test scores, because they wanted the test scores to be like 25% of your rating or whatever, they kept increasing it. And she's like, well, now your test scores bring you to like highly effective. <laughs> Imagine. How dare you? How dare you be highly effective with all this nonsense? Oh the my gosh. Tests are so, they're so wild. I remember the last time my older one took the state one, like we got her scores back, you know, and I was looking over, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point she was pretty checked out. I mean, this is the girl that I think woke up I think it was her eighth birthday. She woke up crying because she's like, I'm a year closer to the PSSA. Like that was her first thought on her birthday. <laughs> like Hi. that's the kind I was like, Oh, that was, that was a big, like, let's, let's reconsider some things we're doing with life here. When that happened. Seriously. 
but then when they came back, you know, we'd have the conversations and I was like, listen, whatever this comes back, it has, it doesn't mean really anything because if she has a bad day, like she is not like anybody else, like she's not going to perform. And when mm-hmm. she has a really good day, she does perfectly. Like she got really good grades, you know, you know all A's, like the occasional B, whatever. And it came back and the math portion which she had always got like very good grades in math. The portion that they, um, she didn't do like as high, I guess, as maybe the teachers would have expected from her. But the portion that she did the best on was, I think it was like angles or something. And here it was the thing that she would like play math blasters when she got home. And it was like the game she liked in math blasters. Uh-huh. That's what she did like way ahead of like, like what, like, she should have been able to do or whatever. And I'm just stopping. I was like, well, there you have it. And she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, I think it, like, she just felt like, like validated, like, okay, well, see, it's not me. Cause I've just been doing this for fun and I did so much better. So I like, hope her oh. teacher took credit for it too. I'm oh, sure. I'm sh- Oh, and that teacher was a dude. Oh, no, the third grade teacher was all right. It was the fourth grade one that well, not so much, but I actually just saw something on Twitter the other day about map scores and how they like should be used and blah, blah. blah. And I was like, and how accurate they are. Um, yeah. So I had a kindergartner last year taking map tests who's never sat on a computer before, has never used a mouse before. has like, like, yeah, how accurate could that test be? And, and just um, how, I just remember him coming home and being like, I did this thing in the computer lab and it was so boring. (laughs) Of course it was. Like you're just like (laughs) clicking through these dumb, I mean, whatever. It's like Google slides, like PowerPoint presentations for kindergartners. Like, what are we doing? Like, how are you not, how are we not all asking ourselves? I mean, I know we all are asking ourselves, but like, why is not every educator in America, especially the principals and admin, like, why aren't you saying to yourself right now? Like, what are we actually doing? crazy how are we all okay with this and I I had very high hopes because at least I'm in Pennsylvania so at least you know during COVID they canceled the test effectively you know they said we're not going to do it you know we're not going to make it up but we're just not doing it so Mm -hmm. I was like well thank goodness they're they're bound to see that the whole system is (laughs) not going to fall apart because they didn't get that test in no, they have since just doubled down. Well, we're not skipping it this year. We're do- and I was like, not to be kidding me. Like, we're first of all, the length of time on this test. Yeah, and like coming off of COVID, like, what do you think that test is going to look like for most of these kids? You know, like, I, I, I couldn't. Like you said, I don't know what the end game was there. Like, what so do you weird. I don't think get it. Going like, to come out of this. It's just, it's very bizarre. And it's not like we even do anything with the results anyway. You know what I mean? Like if a kid is far advanced in something, do we not make him go through all of that work then of whatever subject they, I remember when I was in the fifth grade, I think it was the cat test or whatever it was. I was apparently reading on a 12th grade level. And I was like, okay, well, do I still have to take reading then? <laughs> you know, like, my mom's like, are you going to yeah. give me more yeah. work? They're, They're going to give me gonna more work. You're going to make like, me go into an AP yeah. high school class. I was like, I took the test that you said is supposed to be absolutely accurate about what I can do. And I showed you what I can do, but you're still going to make me go through a, this many years of reading classes and everything else. Like it just seemed 
What'd you want them to do? Let you talk to your peers? Oh, We've already decided that's not a good thing. Oh, I think yeah, the fifth grade is where it started. I think maybe falling apart for me because I overspelling. <laughs> I could not. I am just not a good speller. And finally, I just said to my fifth grade teacher, I was like, listen, I can write these words as many times as you want me to, but I don't think it's going to help. Yeah. Meanwhile, at home, my mom's like, there's spell check. Forget it. <laughs> she understood, but not many other people did. And now autocorrect just messes everything up. There's no point in spelling anything right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's going to switch it on you anyway. Oh, man. Uh, I had a thought earlier about something you said. No, I'm, I've lost it. Uh, it's just, it is really incredible what we're doing and that we're just like, okay with it as a overall system to just systematically shut kids down year after year and... Um, Candace and I got a good giggle last year, actually, because I was having some problems. My kids were in, um, our public school and, um, I was being challenged a little bit by it. Um, and at one point we were looking at the family handbook. I think I found it and showed it to Candace and in the back, like the last page was like big, it was like, I think it was the mission statement, right? Wasn't it the mission statement, Candace, of our local public schools? And it was like, we are educating children to be, and it was like five things. And one of them was self-directed. <laughs> it was like, it in what world do they think they're like creating any sort of self-direction? And then, you know, I hear this year that the kids aren't even allowed to um, go to the bathroom when needed, or even if they have a bathroom in their classroom, this is elementary school, because a kid walking across the classroom causes too much distraction and it will only create further learning loss. And we're trying to catch up after the pandemic. Like, no, like that's not self-directed to take 20 kids at a time, 30 kids at a time to the bathroom in the hallway and make them all pee. (laughs) You can't even pee on your own self-direction. What are you talking about? I know. I don't understand how they still believe that you know, making kids compliant is somehow going to equal them being self-directed later in life like I am the worst at setting my own goals for myself like the worst like (laughs) setting appropriate ones understanding how to meet those goals not real great at it you know and I'm there's so much that I want to do with my life now and you know trying to start all these things and struggling and in my head I'm just like I'm no good at this and you know I can't do this and I was never allowed to like it's not that I was and everyone's like well you were never taught and because I'm like well I was never taught and I'm like no I was never allowed to Mm -hmm. so doing it as an adult now is it's not fun you know (laughs) and it's not that you know you know I wish well they would just teach that instead in school like a lot of people I think get caught up in that well we need to teach that then in school it's like a lot of this stuff is not stuff you inherently need to teach it's things you need to support but that's not the same Mm -hmm. you know and the second you try to teach it it, it's no longer like finding your own goals and your own pathways to them like the second you're trying to teach that it's not Mm self-directed Carol, thank you for another great episode. (laughs) Um, I love talking to you about just learning. And um, I think that's been a huge part of our journey too in in this um, 
experience of unschooling as adults, stepping into unschooling is figuring out like, yeah, like what am I about and and how am I going to figure that out? Um, and watching kids have that, you know, from the start or at least from childhood at some point on is really, really cool to think about what's possible for them later to, they don't have to unravel themselves or yeah. Right. They don't have to wait to grow up to find who they are when they, when they're grown, they'll know. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you, Carol. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of out of line. Find us on Instagram at living out of line. Um, play evolution HQ, Jeff Johnson, Jeff connected Carol to us again. He's got great resources and materials on why, um, play is super valuable, how to do it authentically and how to, um, engage yourself in play with your kids too. Uh, yeah. Anyways, thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.